we're going to look, for the first part of this session, we're going to look at service prep. Our prep, your prep. And then we're going to get into a Q&A, take some of your questions. So hopefully you have some amazing questions that will make us all think really hard. But first, <clears throat> how should we prepare? I'll give you a behind-the-scenes look at Sunday services, the planning of Sunday services for Desert Springs, so what we do. So Ryan and I work together as he comes up with the week's topics and text. I take a look at those and study those text and try to find the themes. Um, and when I say I try to find the themes of the text, I say, hey, Ryan, what are the themes of the text? Um, and then when he tells me, <laughs> I, uh, I look at songs, I look at our repertoire and see what songs might work. But you may notice that we don't always have, song, have um, themed services. Sometimes we'll have Sundays where we have themed services. And what I mean by that is, say, Ryan's preaching on the holiness of God. And then we sing four or five, six songs all on the holiness of God. Just make it a theme Sunday. That was, uh, that was my approach years ago, was always to do a themed Sunday. Whatever the topic was on the sermon, I picked as many songs as possible that fit that exact topic. <clears throat> I've come to mature a little bit from that. So we look at the text, we study it, meditate on it. Ryan and I go back and forth on how, how to land the sermon, kind of how we should respond from the sermon, from the text. Um, Ryan's got a good ear for songs and, and a good mind for, for uh, the songs that we sing here, that, um, that he's a uh, valuable resource for me as we work together in this. And, um, and we have a liturgy. I know that's a very formal sounding word, um, but liturgy simply means a form. It's, it's a trellis for our vine on Sundays. Uh, it's a formal-sounding word, but every church has a liturgy, no matter how formal or informal the church. Liturgy can also be translated, and I love this, the work of the people. So it is what we do. It is what we do when we come together as, as a church to worship. So this liturgy, this form, it helps us tell a story. And it helps me do my job. In one sense, I have a simple job. I tell the gospel in story, in song. I tell the gospel story in song. Take the elements of our service, songs, prayers, scriptures, readings, announcements, and put them together in a way that reflects, remembers, and rehearses who God is and what he has done, namely, through the work of his son, Jesus there are also themes that we like to cover each week, not just the theme echoing um, the sermon, but also um, more common themes to the Christian life. Adoration, praise to God, confession, recognizing our need for mercy, assurance, recognizing that mercy met in Christ, the grace is freely given, illumination, prayer, prayer songs to illumine our minds to hear God's word and to understand it, instruction, in charge. So we take these themes and then we put them with the service elements. So songs, prayers, readings can be, could be a song of adoration, could be a scripture of adoration, could be a, then a response with a song of confession or a reading of confession. So we, we don't have as strict a liturgy as some churches where they do the same form each time. We, we do, I like to say we model uh, Mike Cosper at Sojourn, and we call ourselves neo-liturgical. So it's it's a bit of a um, a free-flowing liturgy. 
um, so we're not tied down to putting the exact same reading in the exact same place every time. But we try to do these, and they do have a flow to them. They have a thought. So we plan the services from start to finish with a thought in mind. Um, So for those of you that show up and miss the first song, you've missed the opening thought of our service. You've missed out on the opening scene to the movie. Um, You have no frame of reference. (laughs) Sorry. Um, So there's a point to being at the service the whole time, and we'll talk more about that in your prep. Um, Song selection is a big part of what I do. Um, So my job, I'm looking for new songs. I'm writing new songs. I'm helping um, pick new songs that are written by other people in our church. Um, So I have four basic principles when it comes to song selection. One is, uh, one, biblical. needs to be biblical. needs to be true. Um, Can we confirm what it says in the Bible? Number two, it needs to be singable. And that can encompass a lot of things, but just, is the melody singable? Can you, can you, um, can you sing along? Number three, is it memorable? Um, that's, that's, that's one that I, um, I hold myself to a lot when I'm writing a new song. Say I'm writing a melody. If I write a melody and I go home that night and I can't remember the melody that I wrote, then it's not good. Then I scrap it and I try it again. Because um, I want to be able, it should be memorable. A good melody sticks in your head, right? You, you sing it over and over again, even if you don't remember the words that are attached to it. Um, so a good melody will make it more singable and we'll carry that biblical truth along with us even better. And number four, is it applicable? So applicable to the church life, church need. Do we have a need? We, need? we need more songs about lament and confession. We need more songs about God's word. Just specifically, what is his word? We have a, we have a, new, we have a new song that we're going to introduce soon called Your Word that's written basically straight out of um, Psalm 119 which will fill a need in our repertoire, a hole in our repertoire. We try to think carefully about the words we put into your mouth. It is a weighty and serious responsibility. We also try to think carefully about accompaniment for these words. How it is played will affect how it is thought of, how it is remembered. Um, Just like we wouldn't wouldn't sing... um, Oh, what is it? What is it? Yeah, that's just, you're not, you're not fooling anybody. No one's believing that. Yeah, we don't, you don't sing Amazing Grace in a minor key, right? Amazing Grace. We sing it in the major key because, because that's, that's how it should be sung. And that's how it should be remembered. Um, that's how it should make us feel. So we could, we could have all the right ingredients of it being truth, of being scriptural. But if we just play it wrong, or play it poorly, or play it, too artistic or too creatively where it's not um, accessible um, then, then it's basically worthless um, the, praise, the praise team we might enjoy it <laughs> but everybody else is, is totally left behind so we want to uh, we want to make sure that we use that we want to wield the weapon of music wisely um, knowing it can do a lot of damage if we just swing it around um, without a care or thought so it's like words in that way but just the music itself, just the accompaniment is a powerful, powerful tool that we use. So that's a bit of our service prep, kind of the thought behind 
what we do and how we pick songs and scriptures and readings. We can get into more specifics of that later if you'd like. Um, if you'd like to ask any questions about that. But for now, I want to spend some more time on your service prep. So how can you prepare for Sunday? How can we cultivate a heart of preparation in our people? Well, one thing, number one, the, the three B's here, if this was a Jeopardy category, it would be B-E in parentheses. Be on time. Um, this is simple, but powerful, convicting. Um, it's not... It's, uh, it's countercultural to the Southwest. Um, yeah, it's funny because it's sad. <laughs> and because it's true. In my home growing up, I was a pastor's kid, um, was and is a pastor's kid. And um, Sunday morning prep started Saturday night, physically. The physical prep for Sunday morning started Saturday night. Um, I'm seeing some moms shake your heads. Yeah, yeah, that's what we do. Um, that means my weekly bath, whether I needed it or not. Um, that means um, laying out clothes, ironing clothes. That means, you know, having things ready to go. My mom got the, the roast in the crock pots. So that you had that going, so we'd have it ready when we got home. Um, so there was, there was discipline involved in planning out your Sunday morning, and that started Saturday night. started the night before. Go to bed early. That's a novel concept in our culture, to go to bed early on a, on a uh, weekend night. Saturday night's the weekend, right? Uh, go to bed early. I, I guard my Saturday nights. I'm in bed at 9 o'clock most Saturday nights. Um, and so I guard that, and I guard our family, not going out late, not doing too much on a Saturday evening. You know, go out Saturday morning, afternoon, have your fun, get home, get ready, get to bed so you can get to church, um, so you can be on time. So that's a huge part of our prep, something we can continue to grow in as a church. Number two, begin the day in song. So when you wake up on Sunday morning, warm up, sing a song. Sing a song um, in your car on the way in. Um, Sing with your family. Uh, Little kids, man, they're up. They're ready to go. They're ready to sing. You're not. Um, I, I quote, what is it, Proverbs 27, a loud voice in the morning is like a curse to your neighbor. I quote that to my four-year-old son a lot because he's up. Hey, Dad! He's just, he's ready, right? And I'm like, son, a loud voice in the morning. Um, so trying to teach him to, some self-control there. But think of it, the kids are ready to go. So if you've got young kids, they're, they're going to be fine, ready to sing. So sing. Don't let the first note you sing be the first song when you walk in those doors. Sing before you get there. I had the privilege of not leading a few weeks ago, Matt Jones led for me after the week after Christmas. So I was able to come to church with my family like a normal person and walk in the doors, sit down. But what I failed to do was sing at all before I got there. So we started, we were on time, like, good, like a good boy. Got on time, first song, I knew what the first song was, right? I'd meditated through it, I'd help Matt pick songs. We got there, started singing All Creatures of Our God and King. First note that came out of my mouth just felt like gravel. It was just like, because oh, I just, I hadn't moved my voice or thought about it at all. Okay, so it took me half that song, and I'm a vocalist. It took me half that song to even get there vocally. Um, so to sing, sing before you get to church. Um, that's a great way to prepare uh, vocally. Just like you don't want the first prayer or the first scripture that you read on a Sunday morning to be church. Spend some time in family worship before you get there and that's number three be a family that worships together corporately and at home they feed one another 
So your corporate worship is you sit together as a family and, and read and pray and listen to God's word as a family um, will feed your times of private worship. And your private times of worship will feed your corporate times of worship. So do them together. Um, I forgot to uh, credit whoever wrote this quote, but it's good. God's divinely appointed small group discipleship program is the family. So use that, use that time wisely, both corporately and at home. We have precious few moments with our, with our kids. What, you know, what, is all, what do all parents say when you ask them about their kids? Oh, they grow up so fast, they grow up so fast. Well, redeem that time and spend time with them in worship, both corporately and at home. Psalm 5, O Lord, in the morning you'll hear my voice. In the morning I prepare a sacrifice for you. So morning singing, morning praise is a good thing. So embrace it. So a few questions to finish your prep. What is the most important appointment you have all week? Is it your Monday morning meeting? Uh, Your Sunday afternoon sporting event? Your Saturday family time? All these are good. Maybe the church should move up the list. Parents, what are you doing to promote a love for church and your children? In your own heart. If you don't love it, cherish it, prioritize it, then your kids certainly won't. Let us be church men, church women. Not for the sake of church, checking a box. For the sake of your souls. For the sake of Christ's bride. To do what God has called us to do the way he has called us to do it. Amen? All right, last section, guys, real quick. We're going to end, we're gonna end here with, with, answering, with answering the question, how do, we, how do we sing? All right, so just a few thoughts really quick. I know we're, we're keeping you over, so if you've got to go, um, I understand, but we'll judge you. Um, <laughs> number one, number one, sing radiantly. Um, Psalm 34 those who look on him are radiant, and their faces shall never be ashamed. So when somebody looks at you in corporate worship, do they think radiance? Um, that's a good question to ask. And what does that look like? So this gets us into the expression of corporate worship. Um, what, what should we look like? Our hands, our faces. What do we do with our hands? I don't know what to do with my hands. Um, so there's, there's lots of uh, silly tongue-in-cheek examples of how you, you, know, you carry the TV, start with the TV, if you can't see me, then you start, and then you carry the widescreen, and then, and then, and then some ladies, um, some ladies like to, uh, to wash the window, wash the window. (laughs) Anyway, so that's silly. Um, So there's, there's a lot of silly examples, but one thing is true that I think we should all express ourselves in worship. It should express ourselves, it should manifest itself in physical ways, and one way is to sing. So sing. I think that's one way we can all physically express ourselves. Um, that we're not all going to be hand raisers, hand clappers, criers, karate choppers, um, stompers, um, but we can all sing. John Piper says, think truly and feel duly. That is, feel with a kind of depth and intensity of emotion that is appropriate to the reality of the truth that is known. So think truly and feel duly. We should respond properly to amazing truth to the right truth, to exciting truth. Um, we should respond. And in order to respond, it will manifest itself in physical ways. We're practicing for eternity. Like we talked about, this is going to be part of our heavenly liturgy. 
And you imagine entering heaven and joining the multitude, but you sit in the back, you're in the back of the multitude. Um, you got your arms folded, singing the same song. We've been singing it for 37,000 years now. And, um, and, uh, and Gabriel floats by, and you're just, and you're just like, I don't, I don't sing. It's not my thing. You know, it's ridiculous, yeah? So we, we're preparing for eternity. Um, let us break out of our, our comfort zones a bit and, and open our mouths to sing. Number two, sing congregationally. So this points back to a lot of the unity and clarity we talked about. Be congregationally minded. Look around. The primary voice on Sunday is you guys. It's not Drew Hodge. It's not whatever singer I have next to me. It is you guys. Be heard. Think about other voices. The congregation is the artist. The praise team is the accompanist. Number three, sing knowingly. We must, sing, we must know who and what we're singing about and to. One way to do this is to memorize the words. We're, we're a kind of a screen-dependent um, church, in a way, and culture. We, just, we need those words up there, and we just mindlessly follow along the words. We're just following the bouncing ball, not, not giving a thought to what, what we're singing. One way to fight that is to memorize them. Memorize the words that we're singing. Um, the Sunday recap, again, is a, is a good tool to, to grab, the, grab the lyric sheets of the songs we sang the week before, meditate on them. Um, next time around, you'll be singing them from memory. That's a way we can store up. We can hide God's word in our hearts by memorizing song lyrics that have his word in them. Um, yeah, don't be thoughtless. And number four, this is the final, final section here. Sing practically. Um, so, so some helps on how to sing. So just, okay, I don't sing well. Um, it sounds bad when it comes out of my mouth. What do I do? Um, we, just, we never sing. We've never sang before. Um, I was going to do the whole sound of music um, bit, but we're going to we're just going to skip right ahead of that. Um, when you learn to when you learn to read, you start with A B C, and when you learn to sing, you start with Do Re Mi, Do Re Mi. The first three notes. Okay, skipping ahead. Um, yeah, you can you can learn to sing. There's there's technique behind it. So learning um, learning to sing may may look like um, private lessons. That may not be an option for many people. You can take private voice lessons and learn to sing. Um, choir, joining the choir when we have the choir here, or jo- joining a local chorale that sings in the town can be a great way to develop your singing. You're singing in a group. Um, alongside of that, when you're in the congregation, seek out and sit next to somebody who sings well. Sit next to them. Just say, hey, I want to I sit next to you. You sing you s- I, like, I like the way you sing. <laughs> um, I'm going to sit next to you and have that voice kind of help encourage you to sing well. So sing, sit next to a strong voice. Um, that can be a good way to, to help develop just on a weekly basis. Um, one thing we've, I've been thinking about doing and kicking around the idea of a hymn singing class. So this in a way would be uh, kind of like a, a group voice lesson slash hymn sing slash choir practice. Um, if we did, say once a quarter, we come to church maybe on a Sunday night and spend about an hour singing a hymn. Who would be interested in that? Okay, we'll do it. You convinced me. Power to the people. Um, we'll come together on a Sunday night, maybe you know, once every few months, and we'll sing through a hymn. We'll pick a hymn. We'll sing through it. I'll show you what is happening musically in that hymn. We'll look at notes and times and rhythms and mar- musical markings and expression markings, and we can learn a little bit about the behind-the-scenes of music and the anatomy of music or what we call music theory. And you 
can learn to sing and then also learn to read parts, learn to sing parts. That could be something that really fun. That's training our ear to hear other parts in the, in the chord or in the song that aren't just the main, the main part. So a hymn singing class, that could be great. Um, yeah, if you, if you struggle to read, you learn, you learn to read, right? We learn to read so we can read God's word and we can retain God's word. So let's, um, let's, uh, let's, let's learn to sing, be, be students of, of the voice. You need to practice. Uh, one, one, another option that we're thinking about um, providing here and we're going to experiment with is, um, is extending Wednesday night um, communion service with just some songs at the end after we dismiss you. So we'll dismiss you. So next Wednesday night, you're going to hear me say this. I'm going to dismiss everyone. After we sing, come and die. I'm going to tell you to go get your kids. And then I'm going to say, hey, we're going to keep singing a, f- a couple songs. We're going to sing a couple songs. Bring your kids back in, and you can come back in, and you can sing. Or you can go out in the four-year fellowship. Uh, we want to make it, it low-pressure, but just offer an extended time. We love those Wednesday night services, but we are limited by time. So we totally understand. And people got little kids. You got to go. It's eight o'clock already. You got to get home. Totally fine. But if you're able and if you want, this would be another opportunity to sing some more. So stick around with us. Sing. Um, oh, what else? Learning an instrument. Yeah, it's not that hard. Um, you, you, most of us in this room aren't going to be masters at a certain instrument. Um, so don't approach the daunting task of these 88 keys or the six strings on a guitar like you have to be some virtuoso. Um, learn an instrument just to, to function on it, to provide some accompaniment for your family worship times. Um, you could, I could teach all of you four chords on the guitar in about 30 minutes. Now, it would be hard for you to, you'd have to practice to maintain them and take them with you and, and work on it. You'd have to have your own guitar to use it at home. But it's not that hard. So, so learning an instrument um, could be a great way. Um, all right, so the last thing we're going to do, we're going to stand up, and I'm going to give you a voice lesson. All right, so two, two main areas that most um, average folk that aren't trained singers um, fail to, to think about is, is posture and, and breathing. So we're going to talk a couple of things about posture and breathing. So a proper posture for singing would be to stand up straight, have your arms next to your side. Now in worship, we obviously can express, you can move. We, want, we don't want to be rigid because the body wants to express, the body wants to move. So you don't want to be, uh, uh, you know, attention, you know, ready to salute. You want to, be, you want to be relaxed, but yet standing upright. This is not a proper pro- posture for singing. Um, I don't think it's a proper posture for for worship either, but for, for singing, this is, this, is, um, this is pressing on your support. Your support is all coming from your diaphragm, so if everybody could put a hand over your belly, feel that breath come in, you should feel your diaphragm come out as you inhale, and then go back in as you exhale. Just like if you watch a baby breathe while they're sleeping, their chest is not going up and down, their stomach is going up and down. That is the natural way we sing. That is, this is our support. This is the engine that drives our car. Um, consider it like the, the bellows of a great fire, the furnace here, and, the, and your voice is the flame, like we're a bunch of dragons. Um, you pull the air in intentionally, just like, like an accordion would pull the air in and it's producing sound, and then it pushes it out. So we use our core to pull the air in. But then, then what do we do? Then we push out and we control the release of that air as well as, as we exhale. So it's not just taking this huge breath and then, ah, 
like as hard as we can, just blasted it all out, right? We blow up a balloon, then you just let it go and it... We want to control the output. We control the input and we control the output. So this is our support. So most of us don't think about our breathing when we're singing. And, this is, and breathing is the support. This is where our singing comes from. So as Madame Hoffenrichter says, um, if you struggle with this kind of breathing, take a deep, slow breath through the nose and that'll help drive the breath down into the deeper parts of your lungs. If you just... You can just feel this expand. If you do it really hard, it's almost like your ribs hurt. It's pulling on your ribs a little bit, and that's good. We want that. We want this, we want this to be a little bit painful. But then controlling that breath and driving it out, that's what's going to drive our, our voice across the room. Because not enough breath, a shallow surface breath, like we take in, take in your chest if you were to gasp, like somebody surprised you, you're just like, <gasps> you know, that's a shallow breath, but you get like that much. So you take a deep, slow breath through the nose, you get, you get the full tank, get the full tank of gas to drive your car, all right? So that's all breathing. That's just breathing, right? You thought, I, knew, I thought I knew how to breathe, um, but then you got to sing. So singing is extended speech. So just like you need breath to speak, you need more breath to sing, more breath control. So support is one thing, knowing it comes from here. Then breath control is another, making sure you're controlling the input and the output, and then we can talk. We could talk about vowel placement and all this other stuff. But right now we're just gonna we're just gonna sing some notes um, using that breath. So before we take before we sing, you want to take that deep breath, and then drive the drive the notes drive the notes out with that breath. So we're just gonna do uh, in the in the spirit of sound of music. We're gonna do do mi so mi do. So that's all we're gonna sing. Just those three notes with those three solfege. Um, uh, words, vowel sounds attached to them. So starting on do, mi, so, mi, do. Ready? Um, so the guys down here, girls up here. Uh, here we go. Take a deep breath. Ready? Go. Do, mi, so, mi, do. Moving up and do, mi, so, mi. Don't forget to breathe again and do, mi, so, mi, do. Keep going. Do, mi, so, mi, do. Very good. And yeah, be careful. Some of you might uh, hyperventilate and pass out because you're not used to breathing this much. Um, but at, at, and you notice those are just a, a, a step and a half that we, we travel there up the keyboard. But as you get higher and higher, it's going to take a little bit more intensity, a little bit more air, a little more gas from your engine to drive the notes up, 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 up. So that's one, that's one area that, that a lot of average singers struggle with is we have a range, a, a really small range of notes that we're comfortable with. Now we have a lot of notes just on the fringes of those range, that range that we could tap into with a little bit of this work, a little bit of breathing, a little bit of more support, better posture, then those notes are going to be attainable um, without, without, a whole lot of, um, without a whole lot more effort. Um, but it'll take some practice. It'll take some doing. All right. So, with that breathing in mind, with the technique in mind, you guys are all master technicians, vocalists now, let us finish our time in singing to God. We're going to sing one verse from doxology, so let us sing, praise God, from whom all blessings flow. Let's pick a key here. Here we go. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. 
Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. May it be so. Thank you guys so much. You're dismissed, and we will see you, Lord willing, tomorrow.